0: Throughout the nation and around the globe, from his heart to yours, it's Dear James Live, bringing you intuitive insight, answers, and advice to your life questions.
1: Hello, beautiful soul family, and welcome to Weekly Wisdom and Insights, your home for spiritually guided transformation and empowerment. I am your host, Dear James, and together with the Unseen Spirit, Source, and Symphony, we look at the current energies, we listen to the wisdom and the insight of the unseen, and we go as guided. And these times are so powerful. I was commenting that, you know, it's an hour show and they've been running over because there's so much information at this moment. For all of us and it's the unseen is like you got to get it all in so I'm gonna jump right in welcome Olivia and remember to put a comment a shout out in the comments let us know that you're there and that we incorporate your comments and questions live throughout the broadcast so let's jump in with this main theme because we're we're continuing a little bit the the unseen is expanding on the theme from last week on the analogy that we gave about this it, it had in re, it was in regards to the Mercury retrograde that's coming up in April, on April 1st, April Fool's Day. So let's just look at our main theme here. I'm going to bring it up. There we go. And it says, rear view mirror, 2024, a year in review. And what they mean, what the unseen means by this, is that we're going to look forward while we're simultaneously looking back so we're looking at the 2. Welcome Colleen. We're we're looking at the 2. And this is all about how we drive a car. The image that the unseen is giving me is driving forward, open highway, open open like two lane open road. Kind of, you know, cabriolet, convertible, wind in your hair, type sun on your face. Driving forward. And then utilizing the rear view mirror to see what's coming from behind. And there is a very interesting aspect about this that they keep showing us is this 2024, a capstone year where the present future, the present meets the past. It's like the two fold up on one another. It's a, And you know how that, that feeling when you're driving and you can see the cars coming from behind you and they get closer and closer and closer and closer and closer, right? And then the, you meet. That's the imagery and the analogy of this year, of what's happening. And so the unseen wanted us to take this look forward while we're also looking back. And let me just bring up the the main energies, because this will make a lot more sense when you see them. So this is the last day of January, so the creative force to initiate. It's the 31st, so this influence. And it's about influence and wooing, how to woo, how to bring things to us. It's an eight-year, so uniting, coming together from the inside out and all aspects of ourselves. And look, uniting, the future and the past coming together. Then it becomes, the 131 and the eight become a 13. So you can see 31 and 13, they mirror one another. And they come together, they fold up and come together. Thirteen is about fellowship and socializing, unity, coming together, fellowship. And the, and the thirteen becomes a four, youthful folly, try again, the innocence, the enthusiasm, the gifts of the present moment. Now, what's very interesting about hexagram 31 and hexagram 13 is that they both share, as their underlining cause, hexagram 44 coming to meet, encounter. So this, and we've talked about this theme of coming to meet and encounter has been playing out in the last couple of years. And this whole aspect of coming to meet our higher selves, coming to meet the father, the mother, the son. And while that may seem so far removed, you know, ancient in terms of 2000 plus years and and historical and so forth, as we often say in the show, it doesn't make it any less true or possible. So we have this hexagram 44, and let me just start off with this because it's really quite telling. Remember, the 31 and the 13 both have hexagram 44 as the underlining cause. And coming to meet, encounter. And its underlining cause is return, go back. So the present, future, because we're going somewhere, right? We're driving, which means we're in motion, we're going somewhere. And yet with the rear view mirror, we can see what's coming from behind. And so the two meet, the two shall meet. And so. There is no other hexagram with so much controversy surrounding it. The only consensus is the intensity of feeling inherent in it. The powerful feminine energy of rebirth is at play because of the single, the single yin line emerging at the bottom of many yang lines. So here's the single yin line, the feminine, emerging at the bottom of many yang, masculine lines. Some see it as the emperor's first wife's child who becomes the heir. Uh, This can be important in creative readings as suggested by the hidden influence of the creative. Others defined it as a temptress who may lead a man astray. If we look deeper into the transformative power of the entire Yijing, we find room for all images. As the shadow or anima in a man's dream, the trickster temptress is actually allowing a breakthrough of his feeling nature. For a woman, the shadow shows how her own power may need to be resurrected after being forced underground because it was misunderstood or thought to be bad. This epitomizes what has happened to the Divine Feminine in the last 2,000 plus years of patriarchal Piscean rule. This being forced, the Divine Feminine being forced underground, misunderstood, and thought to be bad, maligned, oppressed, suppressed. The underlining cause of return may have caused the present to be overlaid with unacknowledged images of the past. See, the the present and the unacknowledged images of the past, what's coming, they meet together. Return relates to what is going on inside, and you may be judging a situation subjectively when you should be looking at it objectively. Therefore, coming to encounter can symbolize any type of encounter that leads to shadow transformation and putting misunderstandings under the proper light. This may be why Kung Fu Zhu said, when meeting contention in another, it would be wise to examine oneself. This is one of our beautiful quotes, and let me just bring it up. When meeting contention in another, it would be wise to examine oneself. And see, we see this reflection. We see the, the reflection of this beautiful white rose, the teal, turquoise background, the waters. And it's saying to look within, because remember, everyone is, a, is an image in our play. They're a character in our play, and they're there for us. So here, the shadow is always portraying the opposite of what we believe about ourselves. Just as hate is the shadow of love and fear the shadow of trust. Something is on the horizon that will teach you a great deal about transforming difficulty into meaning. Look at the things you want to judge harshly or that you avoid because they can teach you so much about your shadow. Coming to meet shows an unavoidable encounter where opposites fund powerful creative growth, just like an heir depicted in a royal marriage. There are many challenges in the individual lines, but nothing inauspicious. Tread carefully, but go. And remember from last week, go, go, go. So tread carefully, but go. Revisit the past to forgive yourself or others. See, this is about seeing everything through a new lens, that everything is purposeful. And so we're meant to revisit these things, but we're moving forward. Make no mistake, we are moving forward. However, hindsight, what's behind us, rear view mirror, that comes to meet us so that, we, so that we join, we receive what was meant to be, and move forward, carry forward. Um, only by overcoming fear and pain can one move from a period of return or introspection into healthy interaction. The penetrating wind is below the creative, and together they unleash what is hidden to reveal your authentic power. The situation won't be anything like you expected, but it is important that you move forward to see what you can learn. See, it's not about staying stagnant. And this is very interesting that it's this authentic power and that it's not what you expected, because this plays into how the unseen wanted us to look forward. So we're going to look forward with three aspects of energies um, from an astrological standpoint. We're going to visit these. Now, let um, me. And let us look at, because this is just, let's go to North Point Journal. This is Pam Youngen's North Point Journal. I'm going to share my screen with you all. And so we have this beautiful um, writing. This is uh, North Point Journal, Pam Youngen's. Pardon me, I'm just catching up. There's so much going on in my head with all of this. (laughs) So as we move forward, February overview. And bear in mind, all of this energy is, there's the intensity of the energy of 2024 is now. It's like really in the first four or five, seven months. And so that's why you can feel, I don't know if all of you, you can feel the intensity of the energy. So Pam states, A new calendar month begins this week, initiating a period in which we will see increasing evidence of the transformational and at times seemingly deconstructive effects of Pluto's transit of Aquarius. As a powerful catalyst for change, the mighty dwarf planet often takes on the role of the psychotherapist, revealing the darker side of the human psyche so that it might be transmuted. Not to be relived. Not to be, you know, um, returned but to be purged, transmuted, to be brought up into the light. Over the course of the next four weeks as Mercury, Mars, and Venus enter Aquarius and align with Pluto, all at that zero degree. So we're gonna come to that in a moment. So this powerful zero degree of Aquarius. This psychotherapeutic process is likely to intensify. What were we just saying? The intensity of the energy. Dysfunctional mindsets. Desires and values are revealed and may even seem to strengthen as they try to retain control and power. We're seeing this on the world stage. We are certainly seeing it in the US, in the politics of the U.S. However, we also have the opportunity to realize profound insights that will lead us forward on our evolutionary path and open our lives to new possibilities. Pluto exactly conjoins Mercury on February 5th, Mars on February 13th, and Venus on February 17th. Events around the time of the Aquarius new moon, February 9th, may be especially surprising due to its tight square to eccentric Uranus. Uranus is the higher mind, so Mercury is the way we communicate. It's the, it's the inner planet, and it's our personal planet of how we communicate, speak, think, talk. Uranus, God mind, higher mind. This lunation sets the theme for the new lunar cycle, bringing unexpected changes and requiring great flexibility and open-mindedness throughout the next four weeks. The Unseen is stopping me right now just to say to you, again, this image of, um, in the movie Hidden Figures, there's a moment where the three characters are on their way to NASA for work, and they're driving in a uh, a vintage car, two-lane road in kind of rural Virginia heading, and it's that feeling of that wild open, like you're meandering, you're just driving along. There's not this intent focused destination and purpose. It's very free and so uh, free, charismatic. This is the feeling of the energies that they're showing us, that they keep showing me about this rear view mirror and the year in review and where we're going. So imagine you just get in the car carefree and you just go for a drive that's the energy and the feeling so let's come back to okay
0: so um,
1: so this lunation sets the theme for the new lunar cycle bringing unexpected changes and requiring great flexibility and open-mindedness throughout the next four weeks it's really about the next four years that's the feeling of the energy Adding to, the, adding to the potential for breakthroughs and breakups, a Venus-Mars alignment in Aquarius, February 21st, unites these two relationship planets in the sign noted for its nonconformity and need to remain independent and free. This carefree energy, that feeling of just liberation and going somewhere. In the last week of February, after the Sun and Mercury have entered idealistic Pisces, We may feel a subtle shift as the themes of compassion and charity begin to dominate. Still, a practical approach to problems is needed. Solutions hopefully come to light around the time of the Virgo full moon on the 24th of February, especially with the Pisces sun conjunct Y-Saturn. We will benefit from remaining calm when an overly zealous Mars-Jupiter square tempts some to leap without looking. Well, this is a very, this leap without looking. And the unseen gave me our mantra, leap forward. And it's this beautiful image of the sun rising between the, the, a crevice of a, of a mountain and this beautiful female, feminine, leaping forward in like a ballet move where her, her legs are completely extended point to point, arm thrown back, arching this liberation, this Leap forward, and the point of the fact that the sun, our life force that radiates all life that creates all life, nourishes all life is illuminating, is rising to support the divine feminine above, and the grace the beauty the the um, oh the empowerment. That comes because it doesn't matter, male, female, somewhere in between, it doesn't matter. We all have divine masculine and divine feminine. This is saying the sun, our life force, is in service to supporting that leap forward of the divine feminine. This leap from patriarchal to matriarchal, from Piscean to Aquarian powerful 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 energies and yet carefree subtle beautiful whimsical nourishing good and and what a juxtaposition against the era of the moment this present moment because again those that are cleaving and trying to hold on to what was what is no longer and yet this graceful leap, this empowering leap forward. Okay, so continuing to look forward, let's look at the next aspect, which is, we're going to look at the February astrology. This is from astrology.com, and it says, new beginnings and powerful resurgence. The energy in the sky is finally starting to gain momentum after a slow start to 2024. January's astrology kicked off the year with a Mercury retrograde in Sagittarius and Capricorn, making Mercury's usually direct line to communication and efficiency a little frenetic. Here we're Mercury, and the unseen is showing us Mercury. So our individual personal planet of how we think, communicate, speak, uh, technologies, all of these different things. In February, however, Mercury's back in direct action and moving into logical and straightforward Aquarius, where Mars and Venus will soon follow. All three celestial bodies will meet Pluto in Aquarius at zero degrees. Charging the air with a need to act. Remember, Pluto just returned to Aquarius in January, after it's dip back into Capricorn. Now, in direct motion, it will remain in Aquarius until August 31st will take one last spin in Capricorn from September first through November eighteenth and move back and remember when it's in Capricorn it's finishing business. It's very interesting that this is right when the election in the in the u s occurs it's in the final lead up and it's and Pluto goes back, finishes up all its business, and then officially moves forward um And it will spin in Capricorn from the 1st of September through the 18th of November and move back into Aquarius on November 19th, where it will stay until March 8th, 2043. So uh, a good 20 years. Um, As astrologer Lauren Ash says, February is a highly active point in the astrology of 2024, thanks in large part to Pluto's move into Aquarius on January 20th. They gave us, the unseen gave us, rear view mirror, 2024, a year in review, and then they said, a capstone moment, hyphen degree, point in time, point in the cycle. And here, Lauren Ash is, the astrologer Lauren Ash from astrology.com is saying it's a highly active point. So point in time, point in the cycle. She calls this transit a once in a lifetime, but the energies will rise slowly since Pluto is a generational planet. So what she's speaking to is, of course, this energy is going to arc out over the next 20 years. However, it's most intense right now because it's the planet has just stationed direct. So it's like the train coming into the station and it it vibrates so you can feel it more. February will give us a brief taste of how Pluto's activation will transform over the next 20 years. All this Aquarian energy is filling the air with palpable, innovative energy. This sign lives for innovation and, most of all, change. So you better expect some changes for the better to occur as you release the old and bring in the new. We've been talking about emptying our vessels, making space for the new, not holding on to the past, forgiveness, release atonement, all of these things, the old systems of success aren't working anymore, Ash says, and those with Aquarius energy in their chart have the chance to tap into unseen amounts of energy and power in the coming years. On a completely different note, the Chinese Lunar New Year is underway this month, also in February, also providing a fresh outlook on things. Get ready for a month that finally brings movement forward, thanks to Aquarius's bold momentum, the uplifting Chinese Lunar New Year, and also for the simple fact that there's no retrograde planets holding us back any longer. But there's more to this sign than that, meaning Aquarius. The dragon is the only mythical animal in the zodiac wheel, so in the from the Chinese New Year perspective, the dragon, and it's a wood dragon, earth, wood dragon, which means tangible change. And it's, and it's also, as revolutionary as it is, this is a bit of an oxymoron, as much as it's revolutionary, it's also carefree, whimsical, wood. Wood feels good. We go and hug a tree. So this wood element to this mythical creature, the dragon, in the Zodiac, making the year of the dragon an auspicious time to act on your dreams. So there's so much moving forward. So let's look now at the next piece about moving forward. And this is coming up, and we mentioned this last week, it was in the, it's the Jupiter Uranus conjunction that comes up in April. So they're showing us, the unseen is showing us the way forward, what is before us and it is what came before us and what's before us, literally the world we're approaching, the experience the experience we're approaching. This is from Claire V at uh, medium.com, and she's talking about the Jupiter-Uranus conjunction. It's always exciting to see the celestial lineups for the upcoming season, and boy, the sky did not disappoint. As above, so below. We have several celestial movements, but it's fair to crown the Jupiter-Uranus conjunction as the main event of 2024. And that's hard to top. I mean, that's hard to top when Pluto moving into Aquarius hasn't happened in 248 years. So big changes occurring. She says, on May 16th, 2023, Jupiter, Jupiter entered Taurus. It will stay in Taurus until May 25th, 2024. But before Jupiter ends its ten-year in this Earth sign, a rare conjunction with Uranus is bound is is bound to happen on April 20th of 2024 at 21 degrees. The Jupiter-Uranus conjunction may, might not be such an unusual occurrence. However, their meeting in Taurus is a rare one. So th- this is going to happen on April 20th at 21 degrees. The Sabian symbol for Forest 22, because you advance at one degree. White dove flying over troubled waters. The spiritual inspiration that comes to the individual in the overcoming of crisis. Here we are confronted with a symbol of guidance, and the dove flying over troubled waters reminds one of the story of Noah and the ark. Noah met his and mankind's crisis courageously and in complete obedience to God's promptings. He was faithful. He was ridiculed and mocked and the whole shebang. So we've talked about this too: to just stay centered, stay resolute, respond. You don't have to react. We don't, the truth speaks for itself. You don't have to prove anything to anyone. Simply allow your energies to remain aligned with moving forward. Because again, if anyone has ever tried to drive a car backwards, in reverse, through the rearview mirror. <laughs> it's, it's not nearly as fun as driving the car forward on the open road.
0: So, uh,
1: the test completed. Noah received the dove's message. It is a message from the Holy Spirit announcing a new dispensation, a new way, a new era, a new life. This symbolic scene can be applied to personal crisis resulting from emotional upheavals or from the eruption of unconscious forces and impulses into the consciousness. If if the crisis has been faced in the right spirit, so this is a again, right alignment, doing things, correct discipline. This second stage symbol contrasts with the preceding one because here it is not the product of a culture a book but instead the rhythm of cosmic god-ordained higher power god-ordained cycles that reveals its conclusive beat through a living and concretely significant sign it's going to be demonstrated proven a concrete a concretely significant sign and it's God ordained, higher power." And what it all boils down to is quote "a reward to the faithful." so and yes, there are two sides of there are two sides, and both believe that they're they're going to be rewarded. However, the linchpin, the difference is one side is looking forward. The other one is trying to hold on to and retain the past. It's not
0: hard to determine that we don't go backwards, we move forward.
1: Continuing, she says with Medium.com, the article from Claire between the year 1100 and 2023, Jupiter and Uranus came together in a conjunction only three times. In 1181, in 1858, and in uh, 1941. So, here again, coming April 20th, will be the fourth time. Four foundational. And she says, Isn't it, isn't it an exciting time to be alive? Yes, it is. She said, Why is it a big deal? Aside from the fact that they rarely form a conjunction with each other, it's important to ponder what both planets as well as the sign represent. Jupiter represents expansion, and Uranus represents breakthrough. On a mundane level, this conjunction is a needed push that propels us into the future. It is gearing us up for 2025 when three generational planets finally settle in a new sign, signifying the start of a new era. Jupiter expands anything it touches. Uranus breaks the mold and brings revolutionary change. Revolution. French and American revolutions, industrial revolution, Pluto in Aquarius. <laughs> this combination should bring in- interesting changes to our world, especially in Taurus related areas. She says, shaking up the bowl. Taurus is often associated with the idea of comfort, wealth, and security. In hindsight, rearview mirror, in hindsight, it is easy to assume that there will be a certain kind of breakthrough in the realm of material possessions. Bitcoin, being the child of Taurian Uranus, will probably feel the impact of this conjunction. Being the first Earth sign of the Zodiac, Taurus is often associated with Mother Earth. So, will this conjunction bring a change to the Earth as we know it? Only time will tell. Being a fixed sign, Taurus holds on to its ground pretty strongly. They are known Taurians are known for being steady and stable but also stubborn. The conjunction of Uranus and Jupiter will shatter Taurus's ground, forcing the bull to adapt. It is quite impossible to predict what will happen as Uranus is very erratic, especially on a personal level. So the message is very 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 clear. We are moving into a new era, a new time, a new way we're getting all of these a reward to the faithful noah Noah and the ark it, it wiped out humanity and and rebirthed it. so there are all these signs that are saying to us in looking forward, massive change is on the horizon, and there's a A collapsing of time. The two, where we are and where we've been, fold up like a V. They fold up and collapse. They they wham. The force of that energy, boom. And it propels us. It knocks us forward. And it leaves what is no longer out. It removes it. And so, and I'm going to post this because I, I'm drawing a blank on what the apparatus is, but um, it's the, the image of the apparatus is, it goes up, over, and across, down, and then it has, you know, five or seven strings with metal balls, and you pull the metal ball out on one side, you let it go, it hits all of them in the center, and it causes the metal ball on the far other side to fly out. It's that apparatus and that energy that we're talking about, that the unseen is speaking to. The first thing they said was, moving fast, everything changes at once. The twinkling of an eye. And they, again, this had to do with the Mercury, April 1st. And let me share with you that twinkling of an eye because we have three um, pieces of scripture And in this one, it's 1 Corinthians 15, 52, speaks to this twinkling of an eye. It says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And remember, months ago, astrologer and tarot master Elizabeth Jones, I mentioned on the show, she had done a tarot reading. And she spoke of this, the trumpets. And she said, this isn't your neighbor playing a horn. This is like celestial trumpet. And so it's the same thing. There's this moving fast. Everything changes at once in the twinkling of an eye, in the instant. And it's not lost on me, and I hope not on you, that it says, at the last trump. For the trumpet
0: shall sound. So... There's this
1: aspect. Then from James one one seven, and remember, one one seven seven eleven, 7.11, the master's journey. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. There's a resoluteness. There is a, and they're talking about, and what we've just discussed, they're talking about the, so this. Dove, white dove over troubled waters, and this gift to the faithful—that's God ordained. It comes down from above. And then again, we had this last one, Matthew 7, 7 8 and this was from last week. Ask, and it will—and it. Sh- uh, pardon me. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who speak, seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. The point of this passage is to say, align, show up, be present, move forward. Go, go, go. Because as these these time frames collapse upon one another, come to meet one another, The best of the best will carry forward, and the least of will will fall. Will remain fall behind, and thereby, this says: Ask and it will be given to you. Seek it and you will find it. Knock and the door will be opened. Meaning, there's nothing outside of you. There's nothing outside of us that we cannot do, achieve, receive, and so forth. We just have to be willing. We have to be willing to show up. So let's now move into, because there's, I want to show you the, um, the astro influences. Because we had this, it's now in gold. But when you look, so on the 20th of January, the sun and Pluto entered Aquarius, zero degrees Aquarius. On the 27th, Uranus stations direct, 19 degrees Taurus. It's now moving forward. On two five here's Mercury that is going to conjunct Pluto first. Zero degrees Aquarius on t- on two thirteen Mars follows right behind conjuncting Pluto at zero degrees Aquarius. On two seventeen Venus conjuncts Pluto at zero degrees zero 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 zero, and then fast forward to April twentieth Jupiter conjunct Uranus. We saw that sign. Zero degrees.
0: Um, the zero degrees for
1: where all of this is taking place is, and I'm trying to get to it here, here we are. So it's it's the degree that we spoke about. It's the an old Adobe mission in California. And a lot of times in America, we say, there's a saying that says, as California goes, so goes the nation. Now, I'm not good, bad, or indifferent. But the point here is that this symbol associates with Old Adobe Missions in California. The power inherent in all great human works to endure far beyond the workers' lifespans. They talk about the Spanish priests coming and building the missions, the California missions, how they've endured, and it says and that they made their mark upon this alien environment, this foreign environment, this Wild West. While the zodiacal sign, Capricorn, begins with a symbol of socio-political power, Aquarius, at its start, presents a more spiritualized and idealistic or creative picture of the social forces at work. We're moving into the Aquarian age. This age of Aquarius, this higher mind, this return of the divine feminine, of the, of the, the divine mother, this spirit, this force at work. Moreover, it stresses the enduring character of human achievements ensouled by a great vision. At least within the framework of reference of our Western civilization, the symbol speaks of the projection of a noble ideal. The unseen has been saying for some time now, the ideal becomes the new reality. So here the symbol speaks of the projection of a noble ideal into concrete forms of beauty and significance. It's tangible. The change is tangible. See it, feel it, taste it, live it, breathe it, you will feel it. Thus, of the radiation of a civilizing power into an institution offering to primitive men and womankind, humankind, the opportunity to reach a higher, more organized, and productive level of activity. It's saying that that the new, what is before us, what we are returning to, allows us the opportunity to reach higher, to be more organized, more productive, a level of activity that is an octave higher. It's no longer burdened by the shadows of the past. This symbol speaks to us of the concretization of an ideal. It's it's taking root. It's taking hold. This also implies the immortalization of an individual within a great collective and cultural enterprise. So it means that we will all have the ability. when, When we follow our path, I read for a client on Saturday. And the unseen showed me this. She was walking along this beautiful kind of pebbled, graveled path, beautiful verdant meadows on both sides, looked out to the ocean, the full sun directly overhead. And she was taking in every aspect along her path. And the path was hers. So we each have our soul's path. And then I saw, so full sun and then a full moon, both radiating down upon her, meaning she was never without their light, their presence, their guidance, their love. And she was taking it all in. And this path is hers. And yet there was an aspect of feeling, air quotes, lost. Like knowing it's your path, knowing that you find all the beauty that you're taking in. Understanding that the sun and the moon in their fullness are radiating down upon you. And yet being lost, not necessarily knowing where you're going. And this is true of all of us in this moment right now. The same thing applies. We have our individual paths, our soul's path. The full sun and the full moon, the mother, father, God. Holy Spirit, the
0: entire plethora of the unseen, ever present. This bucolic, beautiful scene,
1: and yet feeling lost. And the trick in this, the the trick meaning the way to and the way through, what the unseen had said was, allow that light, because it's, it's upon you and it's coming in, but it's not going out, it's not. And remember they said about the divine feminine, she's not genie in the bottle and you don't try to encapsulate this energy and you don't try to block it and so forth. The point from the unseen was about letting it flow through us, let it radiate, fill us, radiate us, so that the path becomes clear, crystal clear. We are one with it, we know exactly where we're going, because we are one with it. We've merged with it and it's flowing through us. It's coursing through us. It's not a dim light. It's not half a light. It's not shadowed sun. Full sun, full moon. This form of energy and harmony, the harmony, the balance, divine masculine, divine feminine, creative force, receptive force. Powerful moving pieces here. The second thing to be, they said, It's time to, quote, head for the hills. Now, that statement can mean to go to a safe place, seek refuge, flee. In this instance, and there are two ways that it's biblically utilized, referenced, and I'm going to bring those up. But what the unseen was saying, it's time to head for the hills, meaning it's time to go to meet the Lord
0: source. And let me bring up um,
1: how the two references are made. This is from uh, Redeemer Bible Church. And I use the references again. I use the references of the Bible and so forth as I'm guided. It's it's not from a quote-unquote a religious standpoint, a religion aspect. It's from a spiritual aspect, from a guiding, a guiding aspect, from a from a book that has been here 2,000-plus years. So, Head for the Hills, the principal theme of Scripture. The principal theme of Scripture for both Israel's Bible and the New Testament is mankind dwelling in the divine and holy presence of the triune God. Scripture begins with this theme and ends with the saying, John Milton was right, paradise was lost, and then paradise was found. The common theme is paradise but the principal theme is always accompanied by a pattern. The pattern of approaching God's presence, whether in Israel scripture or the New Testament, is always the same. God is approached through water, a water barrier of some sort. God is approached by mankind through a water barrier to a mountain. God dwells on a mountain, a holy mountain. Once mankind reaches the holy mountain, He or she enjoys the privilege of worshiping God, enjoying the abundant life in God's glorious presence. That is the goal of the journey. Heaven on earth, as above, so below. Coming into, so it's time to head for the hills. It's time to come into unity, oneness, with Mother, Father, God, and Holy Spirit. The unseen. And this is the joy of the journey. That is the goal of the journey. The oldest name for God is El Shaddai, meaning El, the one on the mountain, the God of the mountain, or mountain dweller, and even the breasted one. The question that the scripture asks and answers is, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? We had that about the tabernacle in some shows ago. Who may abide in the tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in this holy place? Holy, perfected, meaning pure
0: of heart, good, kind, in union
1: with the triune God. The pattern of approaching God through water to a mountain Begins in Genesis 1 2. Adam, taken from the soil which once was submerged under water, is placed by the Lord uh, God on Mount Eden. The Lord God placed him on the mountain to worship and obey him. But after expulsion from Eden, from Eden Mountain, from the garden paradise, men and women are separated from God, barred from the tree of life and God's presence. Now, the separation is an illusion. The separation is the long journey home, the way back to unity, our, our divinity, our oneness. No separation. But after expulsion, um, the, rest, uh, pardon me, the rest of the scripture tracks God's program of putting mankind back onto the mountain, bringing men and women back into his holy presence. See that? Bringing you, bringing you back into the fold. That program follows a predictable pattern. Through a water barrier to a mountain where they enjoy fellowship. Fellowship is hexagram 13. (laughs) Where they enjoy fellowship with God. Men and women head for the hills, but they need to find the right mountain and the right person to lead them there successfully. The right person is your soul source connection. It's not somebody outside of you. It can, a mentor, someone can assist. But the true, the true guide, the true right, quote unquote person to lead you there is your soul. This is why mountains play such a key role in Israel scripture, the Gospels, Acts, and the epistles. Locate the mountains and you'll and you'll trace the predictable pattern. The other mention of head for the hills, is its complete opposite. I believe it's in Revelations, and it speaks that when the presence of God comes, people are afraid, fear are fearful, and they run for the hills. They try to, quote-unquote, hide from God. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. So instead of believing that you can hide from source, from original intelligence, from God, Allah, Buddha, the all that is, would you not rather be one with,
0: in the company of, in the fold of? Yes. I'm going to answer that for everyone.
1: Yes. (laughs) Um, Olivia is saying the sea represents the whole of human thinking. Uh, One needs to go through and leave behind to reach the mountain. Exactly. It is the the waters. I mean, the, the waters above, the vast ocean. It is that piece of where, and all of it comes from the water. Our bodies are made up of a very high percentage of water. So this water element. But again, their message is, it's time to head for the hills, meaning it's time to go meet the Lord. It's time to go meet your soul, self connection, your soul source self, and to be ready for that, to be in unity with that, to be in and to be excited by it, not to try and hide from it. I mean, why would we want to hide from ourselves?
0: Let alone our mother, father, triune.
1: So. Next, the unseen said, to thine own heart, hyphen self, be true, exclamation point. This is a beautiful, um, we're going to go to the, the meaning and origins of to thine own self be true. This is by Dr. Oliver Turrell from Loughborough University. To thine own self be true is a well-known proverbial expression, which means be true to yourself or don't do anything that would go against your true nature. This first appears, to thine own self be true, is spoken by Polonius, a counselor to the king, Claudius, in Act 1, Scene 3 of Shakespeare's play, Hamlet. In the scene, Polonius is bidding farewell to his son, Lairdus, who is leaving Denmark for France. Polonius, like any concerned parent, gives his son some advice before the young man leaves home. Give every man thy ear, but few thy voice, teach each man's cent- take, pardon me, take each man's censure, but reserve thy judgment, costly thy habit as thy purse can buy, but not expressed in fancy, rich, not gaudy, for the apparel oft proclaims the man, and they in France of the best rank and station, are of a most select and generous chief in that. Neither a borrower nor a lender be, for loan often loses both itself and friend, and borrowing dulls the edge of husbandry. This above all, to thine own self be true, and it must follow as the night, the day. Thou canst not then be false to any man. Farewell, my blessing, season this in thee. Now, note that to thine own self be true is only the first part of this morsel of advice. We should also await for the other shoe to drop as Polonius follows this up by saying essentially, and if you are true to yourself, then it naturally follows that you will be true to others too. This piece of wisdom is borne out by other similar statements about the value of telling the truth and being true or trustworthy. In the quintessence of Ibsenism, for instance, George Bernard Shaw made a slightly different but related point when he asserted that the liar's punishment is not in the least that he is not believed, but that he cannot believe anyone else. In other words, honest behavior is important not just because dishonest conduct harms other people, but because it ultimately harms you yourself. Because you become convinced, that the rest of the world is as unfaithful and as sneaky as you are. So they're saying to us, the unseen is saying, and it's 3C, the triune Godhead, to thine own heart, to thine own self, be true. Note that the seesaw two-part structure to many of Polynesia's strictures to his son are listen to everyone, but keep yourself quiet. But keep quiet yourself in most situations. Let other people tell you off, but resist the urge to judge others. Wear clothes that are expensive looking, but not too ostentatious. And then, crowning it all, be true to yourself and you will be true to others. In other words, there is a shift in this final piece of advice where the pearls of wisdom are linked not by a but but by an and. So they truly, they are saying to us, recognize, you know, do unto others that you would have do unto you. It's this thing of recognizing to thine own self be true. Be righteous. Be, respond, don't react. Allow this energy to permeate you, this truth, because that is meeting source on the mountain. That is, to Olivia's point, having gone through the waters. We, have, we shed all of this so that when the, when the present, when the past meets the future, and the time collapses upon itself, and what emerges is new life, a whole new world. To, the, to thine own self be true, to thy own heart be true. Remember, the Egyptians weighed the heart against the weight of a feather. That is the arc and the moral of this story. It is preparing us. The unseen is preparing us for the realization and the reality of that moment, that judgment. Number four, and I love this. It's number four. It's foundational. And the unseen, it's from Mary Poppins. (laughs) And they said, a spoonful of sugar the lyrics started playing, just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. And the point about all of this is, and that had to do with the, for the, I believe it was the polio vaccine, they put the medicine on a sugar cube or on sugar, and that's how you um, ingested the medicine. So in Mary Poppins, and she, of course, comes from where? The clouds on high, and she comes down. It's foundational to teach them. So in these things that we don't like, in these things that, in our shadow aspects, in swimming through the waters, to Olivia's point, to to come through the waters, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. It's simply to say that there is a positive way to deal with challenge, which is opportunity. And it's our choices. We are rectifying karma. We are rectifying, rebalancing our choices. There are no mistakes. There are only choices. Our choices may have led to an experience that we don't like, that's unfortunate, but it was a choice, not a mistake. So this is about reconciling and allowing, allow yourself the sugar to help the medicine go down. Somehow find a way to allow yourself, whatever the shadow elements may be, whether you've done something, haven't done something, experienced someone else, whatever it may be, Find the the unseen is saying, find peace within yourself to reconcile your choice or choices, to see the truth of everything, to receive the wisdom of everything, to empty the vessel so that you're ready and prepared for the new. And last but not least, 5E, the unseen said, take the road hyphen path less traveled. There you will find yourself. And so, because it's about certainty and the uncertainty, it's about the, the client, the, the story I share with you, where you, we are all upon our individual paths. We are all there, and we are in this age of tremendous advancement, tremendous change, advance, where the past literally meets the future, the world before us, the one we're moving to and the one that came before. And remember from, here's this image, it's the astrological chart from the Leo full moon. You'll see we have the sun is at five degrees, the moon is at five degrees, Saturn, the great teacher at five, 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 all about changes, denotes change, neither positive or negative, just change, divine and neutral, and then Pluto, zero degrees Aquarius, this whole new era, this whole new way of being,
0: and to remember again, we're leaping forward. And to see that,
1: or other quote, most of the shadows of this life are caused by standing in one's own sunshine. That's by Emerson. So recognize, and you see, here's this heart, and they're saying to us, to thine own heart be true. They're saying to us, we're on the path, we've got the full sun and the full moon upon us however when we're looking forward the shadow is behind us when we're moving with the the sun and the moon the light in front of us the shadow is behind us so it's not obstructing our openness our path our way forward and last but not least remember that the bridge on that point is Jupiter, so Jupiter in the Leo, the the natal chart for the Leo full moon that just occurred, is the bridge. It shared the two capstone points, and it is the woman of Samaria at the ancestral well, the meeting of the traditional past and of the creative spirit, pointing to the future, and this is where Master Jesus reveals himself and says, "I am He." in essence and it says this is a contrasting element it is no longer a collective cultural based effort based on a past knowledge it's not based on the past anymore it's not what we know we know what we know until we know and so it is no longer a collective cultural effort based on past knowledge as in the preceding symbol but a meeting, coming to encounter, hexagram 44, but a meeting that introduces into the collective situation a totally new factor which transcends it. In capital letters, a new quality of being is revealed, which renders the old patterns obsolete. Powerful, powerful, powerful truth, energies. And we are all here and alive. We chose to be here. Our souls chose to be here to experience this this transition, this transmutation, transfiguration, transformation, all of it into the new. All of you play a vital role. Please don't ever think or believe that your presence here at this moment doesn't it is our collective desire for this advancement for this change that makes it so that it is in concert with the unseen because as above so below and so this whole team on the unseen
0: and 8 billion souls on planet earth choosing a choice choosing
1: to uh, to commit to this moment, to usher it in, to experience it, to be a part of it. So incredibly cool. So thank you all so 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 much. Keep trying, Colleen. You're saying trying. Keep trying. Just and in sense, keep aligning. Keep forgiving. Keep aligning. Keep celebrating. Keep forgiving. Just keep walking. Walk. Ooh, just keep walking your path of righteousness. It will be individual to each of us. The point will be, to thine own heart be true. Your soul source connection, your higher your higher mind, Uranus, your higher mind, knowing that your Mercurian, your, your Mercury mind, will come into alignment based on your choices. With that, I will leave you all and see you next week in uh, February for the first show in February, which is going to be called A Reversal of Time in the most auspicious, beautiful way. So until then, be well, be kind, be gentle with yourselves, and we will see you next week.
0: You've been listening to Dear James Live. Gain intuitive insight, answers, and advice to your life questions and so much more by tuning in next week and visiting dearjames.com.